Yo, it's Ted. This is a dope show. I miss you guys. Time Bandits is the podcast where every episode we go back in time 40 years of the year 1980 to talk about a film and some music from that year. It's the Ruby anniversary. My name is Greg LeGro and I'm talking to Dan Gorman. What's the score, babe? 1.75. I'm looking at, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm talking to Casey Lyons. What's the score, babe? I don't even know what day it is, let alone what the score is. Well, you know what? You're both winners. Yay. Yay. Oh this my has God. all been worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. Well, it, also off the top, we should say um, we've been doing weekly screenings. So mm-hmm. if you're on our Facebook or Twitter accounts at Time Bandits Podcast or at Time Bandits Pod, you can find us telling you when we'll watch our movies and you can watch them with us. Yeah. We've got more people each screening, which is great. You don't have to type anything, you don't feel like it, but then you know what movie we're talking about, you know? Yeah, you can watch it with us, and and then you can type fun little jokes uh, in the little typey area. Although it's very difficult because sometimes something will happen, and I'll have a great joke, and I'll start typing out the joke, and I'll be like, "Well, this joke doesn't make any sense now because I know because <laughs> twenty seconds has passed." Yeah, and I know people have time on their hands, so please watch the movies with us. Yeah, come on down. But we're still in the modern age. How's everyone? Good. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Are we, are we doing our things that we are enjoying in the modern age before we go back in time? Trademark yeah. registered. Yeah, let's, let's do that. What's enjoyable these days? All right. Well, mine's mine's going to be very brief. So uh, cool. uh, I'll start with mine. This week is a web series type thing. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Patty Reviews Exotic Animals. Uh, and it's uh, this is for anybody who doesn't know who Patty Harrison is. I uh, I absolutely love her. She's like one of my favorite new comedians. She's such a fucking weirdo. Um, she's amazing on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, this is basically just her um, reviewing animals. This guy brings animals on, and she just basically taunts animals. It's pretty hilarious. So uh, yeah, you gotta check that out. Amazing. I'll go next. So. I am doing also something that you can check out on YouTube. Um, It's an account called, and I'm going to have to spell it. I don't know how to say it. It's X-E-R-F-X-P-E-C. And what it is, is this amazing YouTube account that uploads almost exclusively Japanese music, but very obscure Japanese music. And it's often Mm -hmm. um, like city pop music or Mm -hmm. 1970s, 1980s synth music. Oh, cool. Um, And it is constantly up uploading stuff. Like every week there's like, you know, three or four new albums for you to listen to. And it's always like some of it's kind of jazz stuff. Some of it's more synth stuff, some of it's city pop and, all of it is so cool and it rules. <laughs> awesome. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you go on YouTube and type in X E R F space X P E C, you will find this channel, and it is absolutely amazing. And and if I, I will try before the end of this segment to figure out, there was one album that was recorded that I found on this uh, this channel that was recorded by the guy that made like the jingles for their public. Uh, transportation there's their subways and he made this amazing album that has like sounds of trains in the percussion and like <laughs> it's amazing and i'll oh, try yeah, and figure that, that out, out before the end of the episode but yeah i don't know it x earth x peck i guess i don't know but it, it fucking <laughs> rules mm. yeah so yeah <laughs> wow you can tell that people are basically living their entire lives on the internet now because we're both like uh my thing is an internet thing. <laughs> um i'm amazed at how little i've watched this week um yeah me too like i you know tons and tons of shit's creek uh, split with uh, my once a week, uh, the current season of RuPaul. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching that too. It's a good season. It's good. It's it's a weird season because of <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> there is that thing, which yeah. is a huge weird thing. There's, <laughs> like you watch the first episode, and like okay, we're into it, whatever, and then like uh, on the second or third episode, there's a disclaimer before the episode starts that uh, one of the contestants it doesn't say what they did, but it was like it, due to recent discoveries about this person and there's their own statements uh they've been disqualified from the show they will not be appearing at the grand finale and but we will show the season as it is in respect to the other contestants sherry pie is her name the, the drag queen and uh everyone googles her immediately and it, there's like this catfishing weird shit they went online and said to people that they were like a talent scout and like you know catfished people into doing you know some some like sexually explicit things on camera or on yeah yeah and basically like did it under false pretenses and you know kind of said oh if you do this for me i'll give you a part or something and it's like no that's fucked up (laughs) yeah Yeah. that is yeah. yeah 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 so i don't know if it's been like coloring my opinion of the season because there's a lot of times where they're like showering praise on on them and there's times where i think oh yeah they did do great in that and then there's other times where i'm like i don't know i feel like you're a bit of a one trick thing but i I don't know and they've also edited uh her out heavily like you know see her runway too much and if they're if they're and they have all the little talking heads of them that they refer to all the time and that's all gone (laughs) none of that whatsoever so if if her thing is not directly involved with another queen's work then she's not there like edited but she's not being featured at all it's super weird, but there's some really amazing queens on this season. Uh, I, uh, I'd say uh, Gigi Good is the front runner at this point, and she's, uh, she's a serious home run hitter. I don't think there's been a queen that's been this consistently dominant since maybe season. I mean, I'd say season nine, but even then, not really. Probably more like season six, like a uh, uh, you know the, the golden era. She's very good. She's really strong. Although, although Jan has a legitimate argument that she should have won the last challenge. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm generally uh, somebody who is like, okay, you lost, you know, give it up, like yeah. just move on. But that was one of those situations where they were like, everything you did was perfect. Anyway, yeah. this other person won. It's like, I know, but here's the thing. They're both so good. I, so what they did, the challenge this week was a Casey's. They, I know you don't watch the show, but they did this challenge. Every season there's, there's a couple of like, uh, uh, 
challenges that are on every season. And one of them is a uh, rusical. Um, so they'll do some like weird, like campy sort of uh, uh, like almost vaudeville sort of musical about a, a, a pop culture icon. And it was a Madonna one. So everyone had to you know do a, a Madonna from a different era. And so they had to sing, do their own singing, all the choreography and do like blah, 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 every stage of Madonna's career. And so the, the one of the contestants is like a, has a, a musical theater background and she's a dancer. And so she fucking smoked it and she was really on point. Uh, but then this other queen who doesn't really is much of a dancer, but she nailed the look and she was doing like the, uh, like that sort of like black bustier short, blonde madonna look and she and, did an one, amazing performance she did this one move though this weird this sort of like i don't know i don't know how you describe it that that walk dance thing you know the sideways one uh and i was like you just blew it out of the fucking park even as good as the other thing was no like that was perfect like, that was a moment where i went oh shit and no one else did that you know what i mean so, so yeah you she should win because she looked best she had that holy fuck moment and then her runway was thoughtful and creative Jan's runway was better, but the runway doesn't fucking matter in these things. Yeah. <laughs> so there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, it's been a fun season so far. I yeah. am, I'm rooting for Heidi in closet. Uh, she's great. <laughs> I just, Heidi in closet. I love her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they don't like her name. I can hate her name. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking stupid. It's really bad. I know. It's, I like it though. And I, and she's really funny. And it's, yeah, definitely like, the last episode was she was up for elimination and yeah. I was like, please don't send her home. I, I want the other person to go home. Yes, finally. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. So Casey, I know you don't watch, you probably won't, but I mean, you're at home. You got time. If you were interested, the whole thing's up on Netflix. Now I would start at season four. Uh, Cause you get a good, like that's where the show really starts to find its way. You get, one of the best queens of all time in that season and one of the best villain queens of all time in that season. And then season five is the fucking is the grand slam. So if you're interested, start at four, you'll be fine. Uh, you're not going to like magically fall in love with it immediately. I don't think, I think you just, you you grow with it and eventually it's the best thing you're watching. I, I can pretty definitively say Mm-hmm. I will never watch this show based because what you're what? based on the, on everything that you're describing sounds interminable to me. There's definitely some stuff about this new season. They, I, I think some of their, um, you know, they do a lot of like spoofy things. And I've said this to some friends of mine where I was like, they did like an American idol thing and their like spoof name was like America's worst. And I was like, come up with a fucking come up with something oh, not just some garbage. <laughs> yeah yeah there's some like high school improv level garbage but, uh, yeah or like they did gray's anatomy and it was gay's anatomy and it was like see, okay this is, this is my whole thing with it is that i feel like it's i feel like i just i don't get it like I'll, I'll never say that it's bad or that it's not valid entertainment but like i i feel like a, a part of it a part of what makes it fun is hack comedy like i feel like hack comedy is part of the fun and i i don't like that like i just bristle at that kind of thing so i'm like but there is some genuinely sharp insanely good comedy i agree too. Yeah, it's it's a mix of like yeah, like yuck yuck jokes, really but yeah, really impressive shit. 
Yeah. Some some of the the queens that come in and and that are good at like that kind of improv sort yeah, of like zingers of back at so you know, hit yeah. the tennis ball back at somebody kind of kind yeah. of comedy can be just like oh man that was the exact the uh, and a good great example of it on the recent ep- on one of the recent episodes was in Snatch Game oh, fuck yeah. the the robot, the robot. <laughs> holy shit <laughs> I don't understand what's going on well they do like a parody of match game it's called snatch game and so everyone does their best celebrity impersonation and uh and you see some brilliant shit on there honestly alaska's may west was uh, one of the funniest things i've ever seen and yeah anyway it's got great stuff and the, and the uk uh uh drag race that just happened had the best donald trump impersonation i have ever seen ever. oh wow oh just destroy i can't even watch anyone else now it's like no all right um, I, I did see RuPaul on SNL. He hosted. Yes, he was in his boy drag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He actually said something that was so dope in his uh, in his um, monologue. He said, "You're born naked." I'm I'm butchering this. Yeah. Uh, and and then everything else is drag. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like that. That's amazingly true. Yeah. Like no matter what you're wearing, no matter what you decide to be, that's your drag. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing about the show. You have all this like kind of goofy comedy stuff, but it isn't all that because that's what makes the show interesting. Is you're forcing this, you know, a dozen people to not not just do the same thing every week. It's not like you're gonna cook. You're gonna cook. You're gonna cook. It's it's all it's it's runway. It's comedy. It's music videos. It's dancing. It's it's fucking all kinds of shit yeah and but there's this great message of community and these a lot of really thoughtful things happen and there's a lot of emotional things that happen and it's it's like uh it's it's the 2020 i want to see and i want to live in you know <laughs> there's inclusiveness and uh and creativity and people are allowed to express themselves as themselves yeah freely as they want to and it's awesome yeah, I guess if anything has swayed me towards watching it, it's that. But I just say try it. Don't just decide. But uh, there's a million things on the docket right now <laughs> that that I still we have we did break down and uh, uh, and start watching Tiger King. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know the whole story, but my yeah. doesn't. So I mean, it's fun to watch and it's fun to see. Well, that's the thing. There's a visual component to that show. There really is. But yeah, so so we did break down and start watching that. But then there's like, but Killing Eve just came back. There's just mm. there's a lot of stuff that uh, that yeah. I got to get through. So yeah. So Drag Race and uh, Casey, you pick. Uh, Patty reviews exotic animals. Yes, Patty reviews exotic animals and uh, X E R F X P E C on YouTube. Go check that out. Welcome to the Minoru's land was the album I was trying to think of, <laughs> and it rules. I guess we should go back in time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How? How? Oh yeah. How? How? Are we getting on the Time Rider motorcycle again? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. All three of us. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's do that. Let's cozy <laughs> up. Call out of my With belly. Fred Ward is here for some reason. <laughs> All right, let's go. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time travel sometimes makes me barf. Yeah. Well, 1980. 1980. It's summertime. It's July 2nd. Yeah. Yeah.
Oh man, <laughs> we could have gone to see an airplane. Yeah. Hey, imagine seeing airplane for the first time in the theater. Yeah. Holy smokes. Or uh, we could have seen the Blue Lagoon again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> July. Oh, man. Or Oh, Heavenly Dog. There's a there's a movie. Yeah. Used yeah. Cars is good, yeah, though. Yeah, I forgot Kurt Russell as well. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah. funny. But none of those. Alligator. It lives 50 feet beneath the streets. It's 36 feet long. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. And it's about to break out. At first, no one believed it. Now, no one will forget it. Alligator. Robert Forrester. Jaws ripoff. You betcha. It stars. It stars uh, Robert Forrester and most of his hair. <laughs> yeah, he's balding. He's got. He's receding more so. Which, which is fine. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of yeah. nice to to see a leading man whose hair yeah. is receding a little yeah. bit. But why does he talk about it throughout three quarters of the movie? It was his idea. Of course it was. Robert Forrester's idea. He's like, let's just fucking let's just go into it. (laughs) Lean into my hair. And which is funny because it was Quentin Tarantino was he had somebody else in mind uh, for Jackie Brown, and then he did a screening of Alligator, and he's like, fuck that, I'm gonna go get Robert Forrester. Yeah, and that's how he wound up in Jackie Brown. And then there's that scene, and I wonder if it was because of Alligator. There's that scene in Jackie Brown where his character talks about he, you know, he lost his hair. And it was, yeah. and and he's like, I did, you know, it wasn't for me, so I did something about it. I wonder if that's <laughs> weird. All everything coming together. Oh, anyway, yeah, it's like it's the same universe. Yeah, yeah. This is, I guess, in a in a line of of you know Jaws ripoff ish movies like uh, Grizzly, Piranha, Orca. Yeah, Orca. Um, that's a crazy movie. Yeah, but I guess I I, I feel like this movie to my mind is a little bit more like piranha because obviously written by John sales, but also because yeah. it's like doing a jaws thing, but it's also like got it, got a humor about what it is yeah. and it knows what kind of movie it is. And it's not fucking around. <laughs> it's time to go. So yeah, the, the basic plot is uh, an alligator that a little kid has gets flushed down the toilet. And then 12 years later, it's eaten some uh, super steroided dog carcasses. And now it's a gigantic, man-eating murder machine in the sewers of where are they <laughs> in New York? Uh, they're uh they're in the sewers of city yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay not st louis uh <laughs> no 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 because uh he could tell you some stories about what went down in st louis and yeah does he ever and he will yes yeah. repeatedly yeah, apparently on the commentary track they call the location chicago really i can accept that <laughs> even though the they are all missouri license plates right <laughs> yeah, fun cast yeah yeah henry yeah. silva's there yeah sydney lassick yeah. Cheswick from uh, One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, Michael Gazzo, who's got yeah. that crazy voice that uh, can't be your real voice. Stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Henry Silva wears the same outfit for the entire film. That's a fun time. Just in case you forget who he is or something. I'm not sure why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, dressed, he's dressed like he's on safari, like a 
fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that that actually was my favorite part of of the movie. I was like, this guy is just dressed up like a cartoon safari guy. <laughs> And he makes the uh, alligator sex noises for a lady. Yeah. yeah. Also, he is... For a while. He is entirely superfluous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does not further the plot no. at all. He just shows up to be uh, uh, to be eaten in an alley later. Yeah. And for no reason, like, it's like that's the guy in... Uh, Jaws 3 that shows up and he's like, he's the explosions expert and he's got some plans for that shark and uh, then he, you know they're like, no bombs in the park and this kind of shit, but then he winds up stuck inside Jaws and gets eaten, but they turn them out he's got the dead guy holding the grenade at the end at least it led to something where this guy just like shows up and he's like, you know what they sound like when they have fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. And now I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair though, I don't think he expected the alligator to exist in every single location at all times <laughs> yeah <laughs> this fucking alligator is everywhere yeah, hides like rambo yeah no, it's fucking ready to hide that's the best one of the best parts of the movie is that you know any other movie would have tons and tons of scenes where there is no alligator and try and yeah. hide it and yeah. make it seem like it's you know the scary thing that we have to worry about but anytime that this movie gets a chance to to be like you know what in this scene you know Henry Silva's going into an alleyway let's have the alligator be under a bunch of cardboard ready to <laughs> bounce out and eat him I read that even in the the love scene between Robert Forrester and that scientist lady the <laughs> alligator was hiding in Robert Forrester's butt <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Henry Silva and his like big game hunter guy and he's going to track the animal and it kind of not being you know it doesn't add much to the movie I, I think like Battle Beyond the Stars John Sales is so good at filling his movies with characters that are interesting and fun to watch even if they don't matter I really yeah. like that like weird young cop you know, the one yeah. who goes on patrol with him at the beginning. Yeah, and he like, grabs his butt. And he, <laughs> he's got a lot of really like ridiculous and funny like facial expressions. And there's yeah. the scene where the guy comes in and he's he's into the cop shop and he's like, "I'm gonna blow up the place." And the younger cop dude is just kind of like, "Whatever." <laughs> and <laughs> it's like performance in that scene is really amusing. Like it's just full of amusing people. Yeah, I love that guy because they're in the sewer hunting a massive alligator yeah. and he's playing butt games yeah he's playing a little grab ass with Robert Forrester he, he sneaks yeah. up on Robert Forrester and he's like got your bum <laughs> yeah and he's like I don't want to go in the sewer I'll ruin my shoes or whatever yeah. you're a cop you asshole <laughs> and the movie starts with a dude getting mauled in Florida so like right out oh, of the yeah, gate yeah, yeah. it's like Hey, this movie's called Alligator. Here's a dude getting his leg bit in half. Yeah. 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 In front of a many, many families. Yeah. <laughs> we're all like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, it's Florida. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Not only have they seen it before, they were all on meth at the time, so they didn't know what they were seeing. <laughs> I also was amused by the like trivia of this movie that they had written it previously and said that it, it was the the original script was going to be about an alligator that that grew big because it drank a bunch of beer. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So it just got like fucking 
bloated yeah because there was a brewery dumping beer into it and it just was drinking beer its whole life that would just mean it was just really drunk all the time i guess yeah. it's just like drunk and belligerent yeah. yeah another piece of imdb trivia um much like battle beyond the stars having bill paxton behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh brian cranston worked on this movie really no yeah. way as he was a, the alligator yeah <laughs> as a production assistant oh Damn it, Jesse. I'm going to eat that guy's leg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Had you seen this, uh, Casey? No, I had not. You haven't seen this before? I just saw it. Get off my back. (laughs) No, I just thought, all right. Yeah, no, no, I'd never, ever seen this before. You would think so. Yeah. Because, Greg, you and I lived together for so many years. But but no, never saw it. I've seen it many times. Yes. Definitely when I was a kid, it was a frequent rental. Sorry, te- technically, I've seen this used to play at yeah. the bar right. uh, when, when we used to work. So, yeah. I mean, I've turned around every once in a while and caught a uh, caught a scene here or there. Sure, sure. It's a movie that, like, I don't revisit enough, but I have definitely seen it like six times probably. And every couple years I watch it and I'm like... Oh yeah, Alligator. That movie rules so hard. It's probably going to be a disappointment one day, and like, it never is. I always no, watch it, time. and I'm always so entertained. It moves. Yeah, it's got a weird, quippy atmosphere, and uh, yeah, it moves. As you said, there's no. Uh, they skip the uh, "no one believes him" part. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Well, they do it for about. 30 seconds right, he's right. like hey there's a big alligator and they're like fuck off all right let's go get this thing yeah yeah, <laughs> Which, yeah. Like, i'm not here to watch him convince people about an alligator i want to see an alligator rip people's legs off yeah that part always bums me out in movies where yeah. nobody believes him it's like uh, which i guess that's probably what would happen but I'm always just like, oh, can we just fucking get to the part where everybody gets eaten? This movie almost feels like uh, it feels like like a step behind like Police Academy with an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> like it really leans on yeah. its sense of humor, which I think is what yeah. works for it. It's like I, I don't know what it is about John Sales and his scripts because they're not like they're, I don't I don't want to say they're not obviously funny because they are, but they're they're so like sly about what's funny and what's not funny it's it's not like it's saying like we're a spoof of jaws or whatever it it's it's most of the comedy lies in character development yeah i guess joe dante was gonna direct this but didn't which is interesting considering that sales wrote piranha as well right right i really would have liked to have seen this as directed by joe dante oh, definitely i'll watch most uh, if any movie was directed by dante i'd be like I'll i want to see out. it yeah but i mean as opposed to the way it was directed because like there's 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 like a clumsy element to this movie that maybe also makes it you know fun but i would yeah. like to have seen like a genuine somebody who genuinely knows what they're doing yeah i can see that one thing that i remembered from our screening was we were all like is that guy named edward norton (laughs) 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 which is apparently a a a reference to like hunt the honeymooners or something yeah yeah but it was just funny (laughs) when you guys were younger did the urban legend about alligators being flushed down the the sewer was that something that you guys heard when you were kids oh yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah okay I, I don't know if anybody said that in peterborough <laughs> <laughs> i think it's weird that it might be a regional thing but 
every region except for Peterborough. Yeah, no, it was the one region. We don't we know. <laughs> Maybe you guys just didn't believe in any we of that We didn't believe nonsense. in alligators. <laughs> <laughs> they were like unicorns. They aren't real. <laughs> yeah, the alligator busts out of the ground in this movie. There's that wedding scene. I love that goddamn wedding. Yeah. That's just great. And then it just like, he, like it knows who the bad guys are in the movie. Like, you know, like there's no, no, I don't know any reality where an alligator would pick out one guy in a car and just kill him by destroying his car around him. <laughs> by crushing, <laughs> crushing the car down on him. Like this guy, this alligator is just happy to kill. He's yeah. Just like, fuck. He's just like, fuck you, rich guns. And he <laughs> understands the structural physics of the car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And one of the best uh, video uh, VHS boxes of all time. That poster is. It's a good poster. Fucking great. Yeah. Did you, something um, I learned today was that apparently there was a little board game made of an alligator that you had to like. Um, put little like food in the alligator's mouth and if you put too much in it bites your hand for kids and it was technically based off of this movie because it has the same font on the cover <laughs> but it's crazy it's for children <laughs> uh was this movie a big hit on wikipedia it says the budget was 1.75 million and the box office was like almost 6.5 for an independent movie not you know nothing to shake a stick at yeah and definitely yeah. a big vhs hit yeah, they made a sequel, which yeah. looks good it from does. that trailer. Yeah, I can't believe I've never watched it. But, uh, I'm sure it's terrible. Uh, yes, of course it is. But I want to see Are we talking it. about Alligator 2, The Mutation? Sure are. Nice. Yeah, from the director of uh, Watchers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch Alligator 2, The Mutation and be let down, but I'll watch it. They they made it 11 years after the original. It's got to be good. D. Wallace Stone is in it. Um, anything else about alligator? It just rules. I don't. I'm at a loss of yeah, what to it's say. Time. It's like kind of hard to make fun of. It's a, it's a, like a knockoff, but it knows it does. Like it knows not to try and be Jaws. Yeah. So like, let's not. You know, they're trying like win an Oscar here, or be the biggest uh, film of the summer. Let's just show some people get ripped apart, and you get it, and it ends very abruptly and uh, <laughs> easily. Yeah. It's a good explosion, and again, yeah. it uh, move that. Garbage truck scene, and yeah, it's a nice time. I recommend this film. Yeah, I heartily recommend it. And I and I do find it interesting that when you look back to reviews at the time, I read a couple, I think there was one in the Washington Post from 81 and one in the Globe and Mail from 81. And they were like the, like some of the bigger people like New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, saw that it was what it was and that it was one of the better jaws formula movies and that it had humor and that it was like what you wanted from this yeah. kind of a movie yeah, and you have good character actors yeah exactly yeah. so it's like taking kind of like an a, a well-worn idea of the monster movie by 1980 and being like well let's have fun with it and then the person watching it'll have fun <laughs> like oh. wow you know oh. <laughs> what uh what did we learn uh, i actually learned two things oh one, I learned that uh, if you're with an alligator, there's a certain noise to listen for, <laughs> which means it wants to fuck you. Yeah. And uh, it's sort of in the same vein. Uh, I learned that uh, Robert Forster uh, can't eat dinner unless he fucks. <laughs> he he got to fuck first. <laughs> then he can eat dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I learned if you're throwing mutated um dog carcasses oh, in, <laughs> in, into the you know underground sewer 
if you miss the water, you have to climb all the way down and make sure it gets <laughs> into the water. Okay, I learned whatever. almost the same thing. <laughs> if you're throwing uh, illegal dog carcasses into the sewer and it falls down in there, it doesn't quite get in the water. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. Good enough. Walk yeah. Away. Just yeah. walk away. Walk away. <laughs> I took the wrong thing from that. I was like, oh, I've been throwing him out all you wrong. Learned how to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so f- three thumbs up for alligator. Yeah. Yes. It rules. It does. So that's all we're gonna uh, talk about our th- our three songs. One song each. It's gonna wind up on our playlist for this episode which will uh be available with the episode and then uh, other songs from 1980 filling out the playlist for the the episode i'll i'll go first yeah so my four songs i've themed a little bit this week um very vaguely uh they're all synth based in some way or another so i'm leaning into the synth and so for the one I'm going to talk about on the podcast, it's something that you guys know because it was an album that I used on our previous show. See you next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I gave you guys an album from 1980 called From A to B by a band oh. called New Music oh, with I a K. Album. Yeah. Yeah. It's a synth pop album, new oh. wave album, um, new music with a K. They were... They had a couple albums. Tony Mansfield, who was like the brains behind it, went on to find success with like producing for the B-52s and the Damned. And But like new music never took off huge and was always kind of one of those like, oh, you know, you're in the know if you've heard this album. It was a very like underrated synth pop album. And so when I found it for See You Next Wednesday a year, a couple of years back, I was like, I got to share, share this with you guys. Cause it's so good. <laughs> I love that album. I got really into it. it yeah. It's so catchy. Yeah. <laughs> great hooks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it rules. And so I picked the song, um, this world of water. So hard now, can't seem to find a shore. which is just so catchy and 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 short and sweet the first two songs on this album straight lines and sanctuary are such a good one-two punch yeah but yeah world of water open side b and i love that song it's so weird and catchy oh yeah yeah that's great great oddball yeah (laughs) Yeah, if you want a uh 80s album you haven't heard but you like that stuff this is definitely go to good pick man yes yeah um, I'll do, uh, I, so I struggled with what song to pick from the album I'm picking from. I'm doing a, a from Peter Gabriel's third solo album. I was listening to this album. Oh, really? It's great. The one. other day. And I was like, this album's so cool. But I also was like, what would I pick? I don't know. Well, it's hard to pick from. So all of his, his first four solo albums are all just called Peter Gabriel, but they have a little like name that's been attached to them. This one's called Melt. Yeah, the fourth one, uh, the his American distributor like forced him to put a name on it, so it's just called Security. Mm. That's how I bought it, it's my favorite of his. But this is this is up here. Three is really fucking strong. Um, it's like stylistically all over the place, but his first three kind of are all like that. And I was like, Vico is so huge and important. You know, uh, obviously it's about Steve Vico, and mm. uh, you know, there's great like. Uh, anti-war stuff with games at our frontiers and yeah. experimental shit with Robert Fripp with no self-control. Anyway, but I picked I Don't Remember. 
just because it's fucking cool. <laughs> it sound best on a mixtape. Yeah. Um, it's got interesting lyric qualities. Like it's either about a refugee coming to a new country that's trying to, uh, you know, that has no form of proving who they were or ability to explain what their experience was in a war-torn country, or it's about him leaving Genesis. So who knows? <laughs> the video makes me feel like it's he's leaving Genesis. Um, but it's cool, and Kate Bush does uh, backing vocals on, she has backing vocals on a bunch of tracks on this album, and it's just like, uh, I don't know, it's a weird, off-kilter, fucking cool pop tune, and I mean, this is the beginning of him starting to shape what is eventually going to be so, because, uh, which is it's a, it's a big change. You have to <laughs> yeah. see what a massive, extraordinary change it is when you get to so, because the album before that is security, and it's just like, fucking nothing like that <laughs> that's the album where he walked in he's like okay hey, great okay great but on this album no symbols all right let's go <laughs> um anyway um but this is the he's really starting to dabble with more like he gets his first like big solo hits with it because games without frontiers is a, a big charting song Biko obviously turned a lot of heads and yeah i love it i love peter gabriel fucking deeply and uh this is one of my favorite album from him and yeah i'm going with i don't remember because it's fucking sweet wicked. yeah this like i like a bunch of these songs and and had heard them before but you know i'm, I'm trying to dive into more of 1980 that i'm not as familiar yeah, yeah. with so i put this album on because i'd known a couple of the songs but was very struck by obviously like the texture to the album yeah and was like you know diving into this past the two or three songs I had heard before, I was like, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take some time with uh, security uh, here before. Like, sit in like a dark room and listen to that with some headphones on. It's a, That's a fucking cool album experience. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard a lot off that. It's my uh, favorite. Other than Shock the Monkey and I Have the Touch. Which is the worst song on the album by far. Shock Monkey doesn't it feels it shouldn't be there. <laughs> it doesn't fit. I don't know. I think it, I, I think it was like an add-on where they're like, there are no hits on this. We need to give us a single. And so it's like, fine. <laughs> it's oh, a fine man. song. It just doesn't belong in that album. Casey. Yeah. Uh well, you guys uh both picked um kind of not arty but like you know kind of integrity music uh, <laughs> so i thought i would round that out uh, myself with uh billy joel's it's still rock and roll to me you've been hiding out lately honey you can't dress trash until you spend a lot of money everybody's talking about the new sound funny but it's still rock and roll to me what's the matter with Oh, I, I was also listening to that album today, but I I love um what's the song? Um, it's still rock and roll to me. Oh, I love it. Still rock and roll. <laughs> I do. Sometimes a fantasy. Yeah. Oh my god, that song's so catchy. Yeah. Uh, you know. I think Billy Joel is much maligned, uh, and I, I get where it comes from, but I don't agree. I love Billy Joel. Yeah. He's a lot of fun to listen to. Oh He's got a Billy Joel. Yeah. Who's that stupid? Are you kidding me? Billy Joel has, has been a punchline since 
uh, Attila? Yeah, River of Dreams, I think, is where we're jumping off. Oh, River of Dreams. Well, Stormfront also, because... (laughs) That album sucks. (laughs) That album sucks. Stormfront? Yeah. You are crazy. Stormfront has... uh, I loved it, but I can't listen to it now. It has Down Eastern Alexa. That song know, is amazing. That. That's a great song. Yeah, but as an album, I'm not into it either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got some it's got some misses. But anyway, I'm not like the world's hugest Billy Joel fan, but when Billy Joel comes on, I'm like, I am everybody shut up. I'm singing along to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, it's still they, rock. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. say listen. Listen, listen to me. <laughs> no, no. By all means, let's all just <laughs> shut the fuck up and listen to Dan. Listen. Uh anyway, I had this gummy bear the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no like uh, can you describe the gummy bear <laughs> I, I i'm not super familiar with his early with his like 71 to 76 like i like turnstiles but i got into billy joel because the stranger rules and then i went forward from there and i was like oh 52nd street also rules oh glass houses holy shit these all rule yeah it's like amazing right up to right up to what the bridge i guess yeah that's where it all starts to get like eh, totally eh. Yeah. But there's still but there's still jams every once in a while. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked this song specifically because there are a few songs that are absolute comfort for me. There's a few songs that remind me specifically, and I don't know why I attach uh, I used to listen to the radio while I was playing with my toys. So whenever I hear two songs, this song and Nobody Gonna Break My Stride, yeah. which is absolutely one of my favorite songs Nobody of all time, gonna, um, my, my, my mind immediately goes back to playing He-Man uh, <laughs> uh, in my room. And with, uh, uh, in not Castle Grayskull, with... Um, Oh, what was the one, the playset that had like the microphone? The microphone. In it? We had that too. Oh, yeah. And you could go like, oh, and do the oh, microphone. Did you sing yeah. Into it? <laughs> yeah. Yo, would I sing into it? Yeah. Who are you? Who are you talking to? <laughs> um, but uh, but this song for me represents something that I love from the 80s. There, there's something that I find myself uh, boundlessly nostalgic for, and that's the 50s of the 80s. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There's a there's a very big uh, kind of 50s revival in in the 80s and you know things like movies like Stand by Me that legitimately you know uh, had like that great kind of 50s feeling yeah. what I assume the 50s felt yeah. like I don't know um, yeah yeah for for <laughs> white people anyway um, but uh, uh, so so like 50s nostalgia from the 80s is something that I am now very nostalgic for and uh, and <laughs> this 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 song specifically is, is one of those things that yeah. uh, that really brings me back to the 80s but good uh, songs yeah yeah hell yeah a fun little playlist this week <laughs> and uh yeah well let's uh let's get uh, back on our little uh chopper okay yeah. grab my belly and we're back <laughs> Again, yeah, I caught oh it with my, my hand. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You're a good friend. <laughs> I think this will be out before Thursday. So if you're listening, we are going to watch the Apple 
from 1980 on yeah. Thursday night around nine o'clock. If you go to Facebook, type in Time Bandits Podcast or Twitter, Time Bandits Pod, um, we'll tweet out the links at nine o'clock uh, yeah. to watch it with us. But that's going to be something. That's going to be a yeah. weird ass movie. Power of Rock in 1994, according to 1980. Woo. Yeah, if you go to anchor.fm slash time dash bandits, leave us a message. Um, we had some messages on the last episode from Kelsey and from uh, a couple other people, I think. Can't remember. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, mm. that's a good time. So you can you can do that. You'll be able to do it on your phone or your desktop or whatever. Um, Clayton was the other person who left a message. and Clayton from, Oh, Clayton from Florida. Yeah. Uh, Clayton, I'm sorry. I, I uh, uh, maligned Florida in this episode. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, Keep doing knows. that. Yeah. I lived in Florida. It's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually went to Florida when I when I was a kid, and I think everybody does. Like we did, like a Florida trip kind of thing, and I loved it. I had a great time. I was a kid. Yeah, well, you, yeah. you were you were allowed to leave. <laughs> that, that's true. Wait, are people in Florida not allowed to leave? <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> so we're gonna keep doing this and uh, having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So yeah, next next episode, the Apple. Yeah, you're gonna want to watch this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, did we have a sign off on Time Bandits? I think generally what we have done historically is we'll just sort of. Uh, Peter trail off. off. Yeah, yeah. Like we'll we'll. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna cool. click this thing.